so glad to see each and every one of you. I have a word on my heart. Y'all ready? We are going to plow through the scriptures and let God do what only he can do. I'm just the messenger this morning, but his presence does all the work in our hearts and our minds to get us ready. Go with me to Acts 12. I'm not going to waste any time. Last week was get your spirit back. This is a part two to get your spirit back. And if you haven't heard that message from Pastor Earl, get online, get on YouTube, subscribe to the channel and hear it because it is a game changer. And I'm believing today will be too. Let's go. Acts 12. All the Christians at this time, many of them were being persecuted. And the environment was very hostile. It was hard for those that were proclaiming the good news. We're so blessed today here in the States where we, we, don't, we don't have to worry about that hanging over our heads. But back then, they paid a different price than what we have to pay today to share the good news of the gospel. And so it was very tense. The community was very tense. And you lost your life when you made people mad for talking about Jesus. And that's what happened here as we set the scene in 12. At that time, King Herod began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James killed with a sword. When he saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he then arrested Peter. And as I was reading that, and as I've been marinating on these passages the last couple days, it made me remember that sometimes you get persecuted, sometimes you go through trials, even when you're doing the right thing. And I think that's freeing because I think sometimes we think, well, I checked all the boxes. I did everything I was supposed to do. Why is my life like this? But we live in a fallen world where sin happens, meaning to us. And I think sometimes we um, are hard on ourselves thinking that we have the control and the power. But actually, we just live in a fallen world. And that's where Peter found himself. He was doing the right thing. He was set telling people about Jesus and the goodness of God but he was persecuted. So he was in prison, placing him under the guard of four squads of four, four soldiers. So 16 guards guarding him as he's in prison. But while he was in prison, I love this part, the church prayed very earnestly for him. And I just want you to know that you're a part of a praying church. You're a part of a church that prayed for you before you even walked into these doors. And we've been praying for you ever since we started this church almost seven years ago. There were 17 of us, and we said, God, choose us. Would you breathe upon us, take our broken lives, and build something for your glory and for your flame, fame? And so I wonder who you represent today. I wonder who's on the other side of you praying. But we are always going to be a praying church because miracles happen. And as you see in this story, this, these prayers set the scene for the miraculous. Verse 6, the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. I think that this is pretty powerful because even in the midst of his opposition, even in the midst of his oppression, he was able to fall asleep. And he wasn't in like a cute little um, VIP cell. He was in a gritty cell surrounded by 16 officers, one on his right, one on his left. But he was still able to sleep because he had a confidence knowing because he was supposed to die the next day. And the king did that to prove a point to scare everybody from sharing the gospel. So he said, I'm going to wait till the Passover feast. I'm going to do it when it's like day after Christmas sell at North Park Mall, when there's the most people there to prove a point. But he still 
was able to fall asleep. I remembered of this story in the Bible when there was a storm and the disciples were freaking out and they were looking for Jesus and he was able to sleep. There's something profound about that, us finding peace, not just in our situation, but peace in the one who controls the storm. I wanna learn from Peter. I wanna be like this. When I feel frustrated, overwhelmed, when I feel handcuffed by a situation, so just put yourself in the position that Peter was in. And put yourself in what you're going through now, what you feel chained to, what you feel confounded to, what you feel like you just can't break out of. And he was able to sleep. So powerful. Verse seven, suddenly, everybody say suddenly. There was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals, and he did. Now put on your coat and follow me. Verse nine, so Peter left the cell following the angel. So just imagine this, he's sleeping, surrounded by 16 guards, an angel just busts in, hits him on the side because he's in such a deep sleep and his chains fall off. We're gonna hear more about that in just a second. They passed the first and second guard post, came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by themselves. So they passed through and started walking down the street and the angel suddenly left him. Verse 11, Peter finally came to his senses. Is it really true, he said, the Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When I read that, the word jumped out at me, saved me from. What has God already saved you from? I know for me, he saved me from so many mistakes, so many bad choices. I shouldn't even be standing up here today. If you were to interview everyone on our worship team, our staff team, our serve team, they would say the same thing. There is something that God saved us from. When I read that, I felt like God said, just think about my goodness. Think about my mercy. Think about my grace. I remember when I was in college and just foolish, didn't know who I was in Christ, wasn't a woman of God, wasn't making the right choices, had the bad perspective of myself and what a healthy relationship looked like with a man. So I was just a hot mess. Back then, I, was, I used to drink and party all the time. Yes, me, hot mess. You never can tell. Don't let this Zara jacket fool you. <laughs> They're having a big sale, by the way. That was just like really big, like $22 for a pair of shoes big. Men and women and kids, just saying. But with that said, I was a hot mess. And I remember feeling confined, how Peter felt. I remember feeling trapped in a relationship. I remember feeling chained, not literal chains, but spiritual chains. I remember thinking that this was as good as it can get. I remember being in a relationship that now that I think about it was actually physically abusive. And I remember meeting Jesus. And I remember getting discipled, which means someone sat with me and said, this is what it means to read the Bible. This is what it looks like to become a woman of God. God has someone special for you and you're settling. I was in chains because I couldn't see past that. But I'm so grateful. Saved me from, saved me from a crazy relationship that I thought was God's best for me. I'm so thankful that Jesus busted in, set me straight because now I'm married to my carmel delight, like I said earlier, 
He's my very best friend, and I didn't know that that was waiting for me. I didn't do the right thing. Earl grew up doing the right thing. He was a good kid. He wasn't perfect, but he was a very good kid. I did not grow up doing the right thing. I partied, made the worst choices ever. But God is so good, he doesn't care. His grace is so sufficient that he took me. Like that song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved me. I was not a wretch, I was a hot mess. And I once was lost, but now I am found. So thank him for what he saved you from. Verse 11, what has he saved you from? Today, you were Peter. And Peter was in that prison, and he had a suddenly. And today is your suddenly. In the balcony, you with me? Today is your suddenly. Your suddenly. All throughout the Bible, there are these suddenly moments. What's the date today? January what? What is it? 13? You remember this date and mark it down because this is your suddenly. We've been praying We've been believing God that literally you would have that penny drop moment and think, God, what does that mean for me? What am I held captive in, in my thoughts, in my leadership, in my business, in my health, in my family? What is my suddenly? Saul, who then became Paul in the scriptures, he had a suddenly moment and God rerouted his whole life. The woman with the issue of blood suffered for years, and she knew if I can just get near Jesus. She was actually behind him, but she knew if I could just get near him, if I could just touch and reach out the hem of his garment, I will have my suddenly. And the Bible says immediately she was healed. Today we are believing for suddenly. We are believing for immediately. For our friends who are in the chapel, we are believing for suddenly. We are believing for immediately. For those of you who are going to listen to this later, we're believing for your suddenly and your immediately. In the book of Acts, I'm just walking us all through the scriptures. So buckle up and get ready because it's the word of God that transforms our lives. So this is your suddenly. Think about your kids. What do you need a breakthrough for? Today is your suddenly. And as I was praying and asking God, what am I supposed to share? What is the word that you have for the church this weekend? The word he said was unlock. I saw all these things, all this potential with just locks and chains wrapped around it. I saw all the things that are on the inside of us in the spirit, and I just saw them with locks all over them. But God said today, everybody say today, he is going to unlock something on the inside of you. Well, you ask, what does unlock mean? It means to undo the lock of a door or a chest, especially with a key, to open or release by if undoing a lock, to open anything firmly closed or joined, to unravel, to free. What is locked on the inside of you? What potential is filled with locks and boards and bolts that say no trespassing? What idea have you been crying out to God for for your company that just feels locked? College student, what, in your, what mindset, as you've been studying and listening to the professors, and the words come in one ear and go out the other, and then you go to take your test and you freeze up, what's locked on the inside of you? 
parent who's been struggling with your child who has a learning disability in school, and you've tried tutoring, you've tried flashcards, you've tried summer school, you've tried becoming the teacher, you've tried it all, and you still feel something is locked. I'm believing that today you're going to have your suddenly moment, and something is going to unravel in the spirit to give you new strategy as you raise your child. Single man or woman, you tried it the wrong way, but you're getting frustrated. You need your faith and you need your grace and your peace to be unlocked to remind you that God has someone for you. He did it for me. I was trapped. I was trapped in a very unhealthy relationship years ago, but he saved me from it. And today I'm prophesying, I'm declaring, I'm speaking by faith, I'm speaking by conviction, I'm speaking from a staff that has been praying for this day for the last couple, couple weeks, and today I'm convinced that you are going to have your suddenly moment and something is going to unlock for you. As I was praying, I just saw all these locks all over the place. But God says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. And he wants to unlock some potential. He wants to unlock some faith. He wants to unlock some grace. Because once you get it, then you're going to be able to share it with other people. So we're going to walk back through this story and we're going to see how that angel just rushed in, busted in on Peter and unlocked him. We're going to go back through these pages of the scripture. It's so powerful. There's some things we can learn from this rescue mission. Like I said, the angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals. And when I read the word get dressed, it reminded me of Ephesians 6, which talks about the full armor of God. I encourage you, read that over yourself. Read that over your kids when you leave for work in the morning, when you leave for school, when you head out to work. Read it over yourself and say, God, clothe me in your presence. I don't want to face anything without your presence. I want to be draped in peace. I want to be draped in grace. I want to have on the belt of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the shoes that are with peace, the shield of faith. Put on the full armor of God and don't leave home without it. That's what that angel did. I love it. And he did, now put on your coat. And I feel like that just represents God's presence. And follow me. He said, follow my example. Do what I do. And we're not meant to do life on our own. There are older, wiser, amazing people who have gone before us to prepare the way. We can learn from the mistakes of those who have gone before us. Earl and I, we've been married 21 years, which is wild. I was telling the other service, I don't feel old enough to have been married for 21 years, but I am. And we have learned, we didn't grow up, just so you know, I think sometimes you hear someone speak and you're like, but they don't know my life, they don't have any struggles, they have it easy. Wrong. So don't judge me and don't profile me because you don't even know the cost of my oil. (laughs) You don't even know. But with that said, I didn't grow up with a healthy example of a family life. I didn't have a mom and a dad model what it means to have a healthy marriage. But you know what? We followed other couples. We interviewed other couples who had gone before us, and we said, how can we learn from you? We didn't have an example growing up. We want to do this the right way. We want to get it. Business leaders out there, you're hitting your head up against the wall. Interview other business leaders who have gone before you. Students, interview other college students who have gone before you, and we can learn from those who have run ahead of us. And so I just encourage you, don't do life alone. Get involved in a connect group. Follow other singles. Follow other couples. Follow other college students so that you can realize that you are not alone. 
unlock. So he said, follow me. The angel ordered. He was a bold angel. You have to be bold to break into a prison. So Peter left the cell following the angel. And this is so good. By all the time he thought it was a vision, he didn't realize it was actually happened. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to an iron gate. Think about what seems locked up in you. Think about what doors that seem locked up that God wants to open as you hear this. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street. As I was reading that, I just saw that as God unlocks what's on the inside of us, that he is going to open doors on our behalf, open doors in our jobs, open doors in our marriages, and that you're going to walk in front of it. And by his spirit, something supernatural is going to open on your behalf. He loves you. He fights for you. We fight for you in prayer. I think sometimes we hear a word like this about suddenly, about unlock, and we start judging ourselves, saying, well, you don't know the decisions I made. You don't know what I did last night. You don't know the argument that I got in. You don't know that I lost my temper. But God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. He died for you. He didn't die for you so that you could perform and check boxes and feel like you have to be perfect. He died for you just how you are right now. And so I feel like if you hear this message with those ears, the supernatural is possible. I saw in the spirit... Almost like when you go to an event and you look up in the ceiling and you see all these balloons and then there's this, this release of these balloons that fall down or confetti. I saw things that are locked up on the inside of this church, on the inside of your businesses, families, hearts, minds. I saw it stored up. And I saw that by the spirit of God that a supernatural release was going to take place and that heaven was going to fall, and he was going to unlock things that had been stored up. We have to be aggressive with those things. That angel was aggressive. And we, so many of us, have a no trespassing sign on our hearts, on our lives. I can only go this far. I, I limit myself. But God is saying, I'm taking off the limits. I have more in you that I want to unlock. And it's not just about you. Think about the people on the other side of your freedom, of you saying, God, unlock what's on the inside of me. Unlock my potential. Unlock my freedom. Unlock my capacity. Unlock my peace. Unlock my joy. Let him come in by his gracious spirit with boldness and get some wire cutters and unlock. That angel broke in. And today, God is breaking in to our hearts and to our lives. I have some more words for you if I can get my notes together. Okay, here's some more words about what it means to unlock. It means to liberate. Who wants to be liberated? It means to release. What does God want to release in you? It means to unbolt. Unbolt. It means to break in. It means to open the door and set Three, he wants to unlock something on the inside of you. And he loves his children so much that then he wants to use what he unlocked on the inside of you and use you to unlock it in others. And you think, well, I'm not qualified. I don't know enough of the Bible. 
I don't know if you're talking to me. I want you to know I am talking to you. And no matter if you know a ton about the Bible or you don't know anything about the Bible, he still wants to unlock something on the inside of you. He wants to unlock your potential, your purpose, your freedom, your joy. He loves you enough to say, I see you. I see you hitting your head up against the wall. I see you tossing and turning at night. I see you complaining on, to your friends on social media and through text message. I love you enough that I want to bring in a new wave of freedom to unlock something on you, to liberate, to release, to break in, to set free. You know how I do it when I feel limited, when I feel like, God, you would use me, you would unlock something in me, even when it feels chaotic. Yesterday I was home with my little people. I have three, but two of them were home. And I was trying to study and prepare and seek God so that I could get his word for you today. And the atmosphere wasn't set just right. It wasn't the ideal situation. But I said, you know what? God, you still are going to unlock something in me. I said, expand my capacity as a mom right now to be leaned into my kids, but to get my spirit and my heart ready for tomorrow. And so you know what I do? I'm just like you. I have fears, I have doubts, I have insecurities, I have days when I feel like I have all the faith for all of us, then I have other days where I feel like, God, why did you pick me? This is too hard. I'm just like you. I have bills, hello, just like you. I have family members that are crazy, that call lots of, that are very stressful. Does that, anybody have any crazy family members? I've had times when I've had lack where I'm like, I don't know how this is even going to be provided for. I've literally been through, been through loss, disappointment. Literally, I'm just level setting so you know that I have the same cries that you have. But what I do when I feel locked, what I do when I feel like I'm in prison, what I do when I feel capped by my own shortcomings, I put on worship music and I get out of my way. And I say, God, tomorrow when I speak, will the people see you? I decrease so that you would increase. Would you put the full armor of God upon me? Would I have on the helmet of salvation? Would I have the sword of the spirit? Would I have the breastplate of righteousness and the belt of truth? When I get out of the way, I know that you can do the impossible. And then I blast worship music to fill my house and to flood my mind because my mind has thoughts just like you do. And then I start worshiping and I say, God, would you break every chain off of me? Would you break every chain off of our church? Would you break every chain off of every family represented? Would you get in there and unlock what's on the inside of us? Because it's not just about us, it's about the people on the other side. Then God brought me to the story of Paul and Silas. They were in prison doing the right thing. You've been doing the right thing in your marriage. You've been doing the right thing in school. You've been doing the right thing in your single life. But you still know that there's something locked up on the inside of you. And by the Spirit of God, I hear chains rattling in here. I see the Spirit of the living God coming down from heaven and saying, I give you the keys to the kingdom. I see where you're going to be next week. I see where you're going to be next month. Paul and Silas, they were pacing the floor. who needed freedom, people who needed hope, people that needed a miracle. And I'm crazy 
incredibly powerful. Guys, that there's a breakthrough that is happening in this room right now. Some of us are not going home the same. Can I ask you guys to do something for me really quick? Would y'all take your seats for one more moment? Um, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, just, we're gonna, we're almost finished here. But I just kind of wanna, don't we don't wanna miss this opportunity. If you're here today and, and you're under the sound of my voice and, and and maybe you're sitting down and you're really calm and collected on the outside, but there's something on the inside of you right now that is crying out to Almighty God, saying, "Come in here, take over this thing. I'm done trying to do this on my own." I need you. If that's you this morning, and you're here in this place, guys, I want you to do something with me. Would you bow your heads right now? Would we just get in a, in a thoughtful posture? Bow your heads, close your eyes, get in a moment of where you can kind of hear the Holy Spirit. And if you're here today and you're saying, that's me, I, I, I need that in this moment right now. I need Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. I need Jesus Christ to have the control of my life. On the count of three, I'm going to invite you to put your hand up in the air as a way of saying yes, yes to that. Yes, Lord, come in, have your way, change my life. On the count of three, we're going to do this together. One, two, three. Just shoot your hand up in the air as a way of saying, Lord, yes, right now, come in into my life, into this space, and do a transformational work in my life. You get to be Lord, not me. I feel like there are maybe more hands in this time right now that God is working in your heart. God has been moving on your heart this week. And in this moment, you're saying, I don't want to miss out. So just shoot your hand up as a way of saying, that's me too. And include me in that prayer. I want to be a part of this. Guys, right now in this moment, I want to ask us to go ahead and place our hand over our hearts. Everybody, under the sound of my voice, we're going to pray a prayer of surrender together right now. Pray after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I admit that I've made mistakes, but today I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you every single day. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's lift our heads up. Let's.